Do you believe in ghosts? Children sharing creepy tales while at school isn't uncommon at all. I myself remember trying to one-up my friends with scary stories while playing games like Bloody Mary just to see if we could summon some kind of paranormal entity. This week's story is all about one listener's experience while they are in secondary school, or high school for our American listeners. It's a tale of intrigue and mystery that I certainly enjoyed receiving. This is A Little Time in Detention. The school I went to was in a fairly new building, so you wouldn't expect it to be that creepy. But when walking the hallway on your own, whether to the toilet during lesson or after leaving late because of the tension, there was always a sense of unease I had. That feeling you get like someone might be watching you. In short, when nobody else was there, you never, never really quite felt alone. To say I wasn't the best behaved student would be a bit of an understatement. I, I really did enjoy school, to be honest. I would have loved to use the excuse of being too clever or not really being engaged, but ultimately, when it came down to it, I was just a bit of a little shit. I just enjoyed messing around and, and spent a fair bit of my time after school in detention. As I mentioned, the school was quite creepy when alone. I never got used to it either, no matter how often I walked those corridors on my own. Especially when I was there after hours, walking around when there's no other students about and you'd only see the odd teacher. But there was one time in particular that terrified me to no end. I guess it all started after getting my first mobile phone. It was a very new and exciting thing, especially for kids in their early teens like, like myself at that time. Spending hours, you know, texting, playing Snake. My parents got me a brand new Nokia for my birthday. I can't quite remember which one it might have been, maybe the, the 3310. And in all, all fairness, you couldn't really find me without it, not anywhere. Of course, the, the sheer distraction of all these kids showing up to school with mobile phones, it quickly became an issue for teachers. And before we knew it, there was a school-wide ban on mobile phones being put in place. But me being me, I honestly didn't really care at the time, so I brought my phone to school anyway. If I remember right, the day it all happened, I was in science lesson, or maybe it was English class. To be fair, I'm not not that sure, but I guess it doesn't matter for the purpose of this story. Anyway, I was sitting at the back of the class, and I was on what I was pretty sure was a, a personal record on Snake. You know, not quite filling the screen, but it wasn't bad. Well, I was so focused on my phone that I didn't realize my teacher was standing right over me. And to say the least, she was not happy. Hand over the phone, she sternly said with a raised voice and made me jump out of my seat. And as I reluctantly handed my phone over, she told me that I could have it back later that day, after detention. I can't recall a great deal of what happened during the rest of that day, up until the start of detention, except for being pretty annoyed I didn't have my phone, you know, to text my friends and communicate with the wider world. 
It would have been about 3.30 in the afternoon that I began to head to detention room. I'm not sure what the room was used for normally, but it, I didn't have any classes in it. It was at the other end of the school, so I slowly wandered and procrastinated my way there. The hallways were soon empty. Step by step, I could hear the click and clack of my shoes on the polished stone floor. The noise reverbed up the empty corridor, and at times it felt like it stretched on for an eternity. You know, my smug procrastination slowly turned into this feeling of urgency, as the worry that someone was watching me, stalking my every movement, began to cross my mind. The echo of my footsteps grew louder as I began to walk quicker, striding faster and faster, until my walk became a stuttered jog, similar to that of someone trying to cross the street quite quickly at a light, you know, one of those where they don't quite go into a full sprint. I wasn't the only one creeped up by the school when I was on my own. It was a talk of students, you know, with stories passed on from prefects all the way to juniors of various horrors that bestowed previous students in the school. Of course, no tale could be truly validated by any of us, but if you ask the teacher, they tell you to stop with the nonsense and get on with your work. I'm also sure that each story passed on from student to student was exaggerated each time in a bid to impress those they're telling. Even though I fully believed that the stories weren't true, they did tend to, you know, freak me out all the same. And I would often think about them when walking the hallways of the school on my own. Especially those days I was on my way to detention. The story on my mind that day was of a particularly terrible student. Probably, you know, not unlike myself. He was notorious for terrorizing the teachers. But he especially had it out for the school's caretaker for some reason. He would pull pranks and make a mess and generally make the caretaker's life just a living hell. Well, apparently one day the, the chap was on his way to detention. He was slowly walking and trying to pass as much time as he could before arriving. To be fair, not unlike what I was trying to do that very day. As he strolled down the corridor, he could hear the click and the clack of his shoes on the polished stone floor. He stopped, after noticing what sounded like a distinct second set of footsteps reverberating through the corridor. He nervously turned around to see who was there, expecting to see a friend or a teacher there was nobody. He thought he was alone. He was sure of it. Having served many detentions, rarely did he bump into anyone else in this area of the school, especially at this time of day. He started on again, instantly hearing the sound of a second pair of footsteps echoing through the hall. A walk turns into a jog as nervousness sets in. A jog turns into a run as fear begins to take hold as the lights suddenly go out. Just as he begins to sprint, he's tripped by an object he didn't notice on the floor. He lays there with the pain in his knee from landing on it, and he hears footsteps slowly and steadily approaching. As he looks up through the darkness, he recognizes the approaching figure. But relief quickly turns nervousness as he realizes the caretaker, the very person whose life he made a living hell. As the caretaker stood over the boy, they say he looked down at him with a menacing and sadistic smile. And nervously, the boy began to apologize. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cause so much trouble. P -p Please don't. The caretaker interrupts him, still smiling with a chuckle. <laughs> don't worry, I'm sure you won't be causing trouble anymore. Well, rumor has it the caretaker locked the boy in one of the large storage rooms deep into the school, only found through one of the service corridors to suffer alone in darkness in solitary confinement. 
The worst part is, they said the caretaker didn't simply leave him there to starve and rot away. Every three days, he would supply the boy with food and drink, making sure he survived, to prolong the suffering. Like I said, crazy made-up stories. You know, exaggerated each time it's told. My bet the truth lies somewhere. In the boy taking a tumble, the caretaker finding him and sending him home to hospital to sort his injuries, which required him to take a prolonged break from school. Well, that's what I thought happened anyway. So as I stroll quickly to detention here in the click and the clack of my shoes on the polished stone floor, I have this feeling as I'm being watched. I think about the story of the boy and I become nervous about all the teachers that I've put through hell and I begin to move quicker. The story surely couldn't be true, but it still scared me nonetheless. As I arrived at detention, there were six other students there. That was a particularly busy day compared to others. Instantly, I asked when I would get my phone back. I haven't decided yet. My teacher replied in a way that almost taunted me, like she was getting kicks out of the situation. Maybe today? Maybe later this week with good behavior. This really pissed me off. You can't do that. Where's my phone? I demanded. Of course, she didn't have it there with her. She told me it was safely stored in one of the rooms in the service corridor, so I had no chance to get it back to at least the end of the session. I sucked it up sat down and began to make it look like I was writing lines but in reality I was likely doodling on the paper partly of rebellion but mostly because I was aware this dissent would annoy my teacher more than anything after what felt like forever although it was likely no more than 50 or 20 minutes really I decided that I had to hatch a plan to get my phone back. Having it was the only way I could reasonably pass the time while sitting there in silence, surrounded by students I didn't even know and weren't even in my ear. Miss, I, I need the toilet, I said bluntly in front of the group, confident she wouldn't ignore. Leave was granted, but I was to be back within 10 minutes and my detention would be extended to the rest of the week. As an adult, this seems ridiculous to say, but I felt like I was playing the riskiest of games. Having detention for the rest of the week would certainly mean my parents disappointed me in some way, like taking away my game's console, which would have been ten times worse than losing my phone. So I go on my way with no intention of visiting the toilet. I was heading to the service corridor. By my estimation, I can get there and back in maybe 11 or 12 minutes, but was willing to bet she wasn't actually paying close enough attention to how long I was away. The service corridor. By far the creepiest part of the school. The light seemed duller, the paint seemed more worn, and quite frankly, the word decrepit comes to mind when I think of it. It's the type of place that you'd imagine monsters to come from, and I was so desperate to have my phone back that I was heading into the belly of the beast. When I arrived at the entrance to the service corridor, I halted my jog. I stood there for a moment in silence with nothing to accompany my thoughts but the buzz of the aged lights throughout. I thought about turning around. I wish I turned around. I took a breath, composed myself, and slowly made my way down the corridor. Now, I wasn't 100% sure, but taking an educated guess, I had a good idea where to head to find my phone. The service corridor only had three doors. The first on the left. It was to an office. In fact, I believe it was the school caretaker's office, so I knew I had to be especially cautious in case he was in there. 
The second door was on the right. It led to an old storage room which had actually been in once before. It was big enough to be used as a classroom. But when I was there, it was full of boxes, desks, chairs, gym mats. I imagine they throw any old junk in there that has no space anywhere else. Then finally, there was a set of doors. They were used to access the outside of the building, acting as both an emergency access point and for deliveries and such of large items, such as desks. I imagine food deliveries for the canteen as well. I knew my phone was in the storage room on the right, but I was growing increasingly nervous about going back in there. Slowly, I edged my way down the corridor. I could see the light was off in the caretaker's office. It gave me a slight sense of relief. Slowly, I crept past the office, but gave myself a fright when seeing my reflection in the door's window. The increase in my heart rate didn't help one bit in trying to keep myself calm and composed. Approaching the door of the storage room, I stopped as it all began to hit me. The light was off in the room and I was on my own in the service corridor. All the tales shared between students awash in my mind. I could feel myself breaking out in a cold sweat, more nervous about what was behind the door than the thought of getting back to detention on time. I took a deep breath and I began to reach my hand out towards the handle of the door, trembling slightly as though it was completely possible someone had an eye on me, waiting for me to make a wrong turn so they could punish me indefinitely. I quickly turned the handle. The door opens, slowly with a creak that comes with age and lack of maintenance. The room was dark and windowless. I could just make out the shapes of items around the room. Stacks of boxes, old chairs, desks and piles of books. I knew the only thing that would make me feel more comfortable with the situation was getting that light turned on. So I ran my hand across the wall searching for a switch. But to my dismay, I couldn't find one. My heart sunk in my chest. I wanted nothing more than to just walk away, but something in my mind just, just told me to crack on. I couldn't turn back now, so I reminded myself this was just a room full of old junk. Nothing in here could hurt me. I pushed forward into the large room. In between rows of chairs, at the back of the room I could see a large plastic box. I was sure it was full of items that would have likely been confiscated, so I continued on. My feet slowly shuffling across the concrete floor. My breathing became quicker, almost as though it wouldn't take much to give me a panic attack. I jumped on my skin at the sudden vibrating sound, only to quickly settle as I realized it was the notification of a text on my phone. I was heading in the right direction. As I get to the box, I quietly begin rummaging through its contents, at this point becoming completely unaware of my surroundings. Suddenly I stopped and turned around at the sound of the creaking door. I was quick enough to see all the light in the room fade away as the door shut, leaving me in complete darkness. Fighting off panic attack, I tried to think of what to do. I had come to the conclusion that the caretaker came back, saw the door open, and pushed it shut. Fuck. Fuck. I, I, I decided to slowly try to make my way back to the door. In my mind, survival became more important than locating my phone. I'm not sure why, but in this moment I began to talk, trying to reassure myself about the situation perhaps but all I could think about was the student who was terrorizing the caretaker. I took two steps forward and ah! I smashed my leg into a desk, losing my bearings. Fuck! Why the hell did I come here? I continued to try and navigate the scarred junk, continuing to speak to myself all the while. How, how the hell am I meant to find the door? I can't fucking see anything. It's too goddamn dark in this room. I paused, feeling as though there was someone behind me. You'll get used to it.
said a voice from the dark. Well, I'm glad I didn't attend a school like that. Make sure to visit our website to vote for if you think a little time in detention was based on fact or a pure work of fiction. While you're here, we wanted to give you a few updates about what's going on behind the scenes of the podcast. First off, we're renovating our studio. Hopefully this will allow us to increase the output of episodes that we do. Secondly, we're revamping the website to make it a little easier to find and navigate and use. And finally, we're looking to relaunch our Patreon page for all of you to subscribe that way if you wish. And possibly get some new merchandise available. With all this in mind, our goal this year is to bring you an episode every two weeks. However, please excuse if we occasionally miss this deadline. If you want to support the pod further, either follow us on Facebook or subscribe and leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, don't stop asking. Do you believe in ghosts?